School PR professionals spend a few weeks a year participating in professional development and networking, if they're lucky. We use this time to connect through conversation and shared experiences. Conversation is one of the best parts of our jobs, but then we go back to our daily work and the time for connection begins to wear off. Welcome to School PR Happy Hour. During our time together, our goal is to continue a sense of collaboration and shared conversation throughout the whole year. We are a community, a community of communicators that lean on each other in hard times and times of celebration and learn from each other regularly. This podcast gives us the chance to get to know each other better by sharing our passions about furthering education one story at a time. Whether you are listening on your morning commute or winding down after work, we are so glad you're here and look forward to learning alongside you today. Hello, School PR Happy Hour crew. I am Becca Latham, your co-host for the podcast, and I am so excited that you are here with us today. On today's episode, we have Chris Way, who is one of my close friends for the last eight or nine years, and I talk with him a lot about um, our relationship, how we met through the American Cancer Society, uh, his positions in both the nonprofit and corporate world, as well as um, different equity initiatives that he's been a part of, and also um, relationships and why they are so important. I hope that you love today's episode and you can just feel the love and light that comes from Chris. He is a true joy and pleasure to be around and to talk through talk to and I hope that you uh, feel the same after today's episode enjoy hey friends Justin here we're so excited to have class intercom back as a sponsor for season five of school PR happy hour we all know the demands are higher than ever to tell your school story across all platforms and mediums with class intercom you can spread out some of that work and bring in more voices to tell your story Clients get unlimited user access for both staff and students on a secure and moderated platform. Imagine effortlessly collecting and sharing captivating stories that showcase the true spirit of your school. But that's not all. Class Intercom also offers archival and analytic features to track your content's performance and make informed decisions. So join us at School PR Happy Hour and raise a virtual glass to Class Intercom. Elevate your school's storytelling game today. Visit classintercom.com to learn more. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of School PR Happy Hour. I am Becca Latham, one of your hosts, and I am so excited to be joined today by Chris Way, who is the Manager of Corporate Affairs and Community Impact at KPMG. Today, we are so excited to have the opportunity to talk to somebody that isn't necessarily in the school communications field, but has experience both in nonprofit and also in corporate. And so on top of that, Chris Way is one of my close friends who I met through um, a charity organization that we'll talk about, I'm sure, a little bit as well. And I am so excited to welcome him here today. Chris, how are you doing? Hi, Becca. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this conversation. Of course. I'm so excited. As I mentioned, Chris is one of my friends. We met through the Associate Board of Ambassadors for the American Cancer Society, which was one of Chris's previous jobs. It was. And Becca, I'll never forget when we met, 
uh, we we okay. both shared a connection that we are former ACS staff partners now. Yes. Uh, so I guess I can now say we're both former, but at the time I was a current <laughs> staff partner. And, you know, it's not often that you have volunteers who work for the organization where you are employed. And so having somebody who understood what it was like to work for this nonprofit organization, uh, it definitely created a sense of shared identity, I would say, between <laughs> us. And I just felt a close connection with you from the get-go after learning that information. Yeah. I mean, I, I've i always loved the American Cancer Society. I think I've talked about my past experience working there on this podcast before, um, just because there are so many connections between what I am doing now in school communications and the nonprofit world, which is one of the reasons I was so excited to be able to chat with you a little bit about that, but also how you've kind of transitioned your nonprofit to a corporate world and all of the fun that comes with that and the changes and yes. things that are different. The roller coaster ride of professional development, right? Just so many changes, <laughs> so many opportunities, but we are just along for the ride. Yes, we certainly are. <laughs> so with that, why don't you tell us, because I guess we kind of previewed it a little bit, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your work history um, and where you're at now and sure. kind of how you got there? Yeah, I mean, if you would have asked me even five years ago, if I thought I would be working for a big four professional services firm, I'd be like, <laughs> absolutely not. You're out of your mind. Uh, and here I am now working at KPMG. And I couldn't be more grateful, though, for the opportunity where I am. But I got here because of relationships. That is period, end of story. It is all because of relationships that I've built throughout my career that, that keep me moving and advancing in the direction that I'm going. Uh, a little bit of background, I graduated from Lake Forest College in 2014 and actually worked for the college in their development department, which is where I got my start in nonprofit fundraising. And after about two years of working for my alma mater, which I love dearly, but I just realized it was time to spread my wings a little bit, uh, find a new opportunity, and what better place to do that than for an organization where I had been a volunteer for, gosh, nearly at that point, 13 years. And I found an opportunity at the American Cancer Society in their Distinguished Events Department and moved over to the American Cancer Society in 2016. And I worked there for six years, six years, yes, <laughs> till 2022 and had a phenomenal time working with their Young Professionals Board, managing some of their galas, supporting golf tournaments, and just had some really great experiences in the nonprofit industry that really set up the foundation for my career for what that next step would be, which was transitioning into the corporate social responsibility space. And if you ask a lot of people in nonprofit, I think you tend to hear them say that they're interested in the CSR world, but the opportunities, unfortunately, are very few and far between. And so when this opportunity came up, I knew I had to take it, even though I was a little scared of jumping into the corporate world, just to see if I enjoyed it, just to see what this world was like. And I'm a year and a half in, and it's really been a phenomenal opportunity. And it has still has allowed me to be involved with the organizations I care about, like ACS. So uh that's probably a little bit more than you asked for, but that's where I started and how I got to where I am. <laughs> I love it. And can you tell us a little bit about what you do at KPMG? Sure. So I work on our national community impact team and specifically 
under that umbrella, I manage our health and wellness portfolio. So we work with several national nonprofit collaborators. I help manage those relationships, our programs with those organizations, and support our people at KPMG who are highly engaged volunteers with those organizations. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. And so you're about a year and a half in now to your mm -hmm. new corporate job. And um, I'm just curious, what was one of your biggest takeaways from working in nonprofit to now working corporate? Biggest takeaways about the transition or biggest takeaway from my experience in each world? Let's go with what was one of your biggest takeaways when working in nonprofit first. Sure. Biggest take there were two there's two overarching principles that i think uh are applicable to any career that i learned in the nonprofit industry one specifically in relation to the development field but uh is you never know if you don't ask you never know and that is applicable to any type of career any type of opportunity i think but it never hurts to ask the question because what's the worst someone's going to say no but you never know what opportunities might come out of you asking a simple question or asking for an opportunity. Uh, you gotta, you gotta advocate for yourself. And by asking those questions, you open yourself up to a whole new world of opportunities. So one, it, you never know if you don't ask Two, relationships matter most at the end of the day. I mean, that's, that's fundraising one-on-one, right? Like you, you can't fundraise if you don't have relationships, but that principle is also similar to the first one I mentioned, I think applicable to any role, any situation in life. If you don't care for your relationships and grow your relationships, then, you know, you're always gonna feel some type of struggle, I think. And so relationships have just always been a top priority for me whatever type of field I'm working in. Hi friends, this is Olivia Doden and I'm a communications coordinator at CISO Communications. We are so excited to be a part of the School PR Happy Hour family and we hope you learn as much from this show as we do. You can find inspiring new ways to share your district story when you partner with CISO Communications on a baseline communications assessment. In just three to four weeks, we can work to identify the strengths and opportunities in your current work and then share an approachable, customized plan of action. How do we do it? First, you'll take a pre-assessment survey and then we have a conversation with you and key leaders in your district. Once complete, our team will create a report that provides you with clear action steps based on nine strategic communication areas. If you are interested in learning more about our baseline communications assessment and how it can benefit your school district, we'd love to chat with you. CISO Communications is a division of CISO, which stands for Center for Effective School Operations. We also support schools with transportation, HR, finance, and technology. Visit thecso.com to connect with us today and be sure to follow us on our social channels at CISOcoms. Let us help you rethink possible. I think that, I mean, to your point, that's, uh, those are both important things to think about no matter what field you're in, no matter what your job you're at, no matter where you're at in your career, if you're just starting out, if you're more veteran, it's, those are just good good yeah. things to think about for all those types of things. Absolutely. For sure. And what's been, I guess we'll go with what's been one of the most, like the biggest differences that you've seen from working between nonprofit and corporate. Sure. Um, 
everyone talks about it, but actually seeing the difference in the amount of resources that are available to staff uh, is is really, I don't want to say daunting necessarily, but some what it is like, you know, I, I went from a nonprofit role where I was forced to wear so many, not forced, I'm sorry, that is not the right word, where I got to wear a lot of different hats. And I, I say I got to because it did forced me to encounter a lot of situations and do a lot of tasks that if there was additional support in place, I might not have ever been exposed to. And mm -hmm. it's been really interesting moving into a corporate role where maybe in a traditional sense, people are meant to be a little more siloed, a little more focused on their specific role. But since I'm used to wearing so many hats, I kind of jump around and I'm not afraid to kind of dip my toe in and try different things and work in different spaces. Uh, and so, yeah, that that was definitely kind of a transition learning about all the resources that are available to support specific functions. I love it. And I think that that's kind of one of the things, I mean, maybe it's just more general with nonprofit, um, but I think that's definitely something that we see a lot in school communications is we are a lot of people in our field are one person shops so that means you are marketing you are communications yep. you are public relations you're you doing are all, baby graphic designer yep exactly <laughs> you're doing all the things yeah, no, um, no one should have ever let me into canva but you know because uh, i am not <laughs> a graphic designer but there i was in my nonprofit days you know designing flyers and social media graphics and uh, yeah, definitely not the most aesthetically pleasing uh, outcomes. But well, then you, do you, you might do. you do what you got to do, and you might love to hear that they just launched um, AI incorporated into Canva. So oh. there's a lot of fun things to maybe check out. Well, maybe now. I'll be going back into Canva. Maybe I'll be <laughs> yeah, I'll have a resurgence in my cam in my Canva skills. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would have been really helpful a couple of years ago. So yeah, yeah, probably would be. I mean, Great could funny. be helpful now. I don't know, especially you said you like to kind of dabble in some different things at your new job too. So it could be yeah. helpful still. Well, you know what? Uh, I will say, talking about skills I learned in my former role that I, I wouldn't have learned otherwise. I do remember Canva specifically after having become somewhat familiar with it. I used Canva for our save the date for our wedding. Because we didn't want to yes. send out a tangible save the date. We wanted to invest more in the actual invitations <laughs> themselves. And so yeah. I was like, I'm just going to go into Canva. I'm going to create a save the date for us. And uh, again, was it the most aesthetically pleasing outcome? Probably not. But did it get the job <laughs> done in terms of saving our date on people's calendars? Absolutely. So sure did. mission accomplished. Check. That's all you need. <laughs> my, one of my best friends is using Canva for her save the dates right now. And um I actually took her pictures. So that was like the first time oh, I was asked to take like amazing. big pictures. And I was like, listen, I'm not a photographer by any means, but again, do I dabble in it with yeah. work? Yes, I do. Absolutely. So do I know how to use a nice camera? Well, I do. And I have my you're, own. So. You're, you're selling yourself <laughs> short here. You have worked a camera one, uh, several times at ACS events, if I remember back in the day. So you were used to capturing some good footage. So I'm sure your friend appreciated it. <laughs> Anyway, that I is I'm sure your listeners are like, we did not sign up to hear about Canva and photography <laughs> skills, but that's what they're getting on this episode. <laughs> yeah, but we do have episodes about different things like 
sure. graphic design or photography. So we're just covering Great. it all here Absolutely. for you today, folks, and <laughs> hope you're enjoying the ride. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I think to your point, like you do get to wear a lot of different hats in nonprofit and it does kind of get you to learn a lot of different things. I think I felt that way too when I worked for the American Cancer Society. You kind of take out a lot of different responsibilities, whether it's volunteer management or, uh, you know, event planning or really that community engagement piece and learning about your community and the people that you're serving in that role. And then to your point, that relationship piece to yeah. um, kind of bring it full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Awesome. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And so um, I know I've seen on your LinkedIn and on your other social pages that you've been doing a lot of work at KPMG in the DE&I field. And so I was hoping that you could share with us a little bit about um, some of the stuff that you're working on and something, um, you know, in the yeah. diversity, equity, and inclusion field. Absolutely. So D and I, uh, I, I should preface by defining that community impact and DE and I are separate teams at KPMG, right? I do not work on the DE and I team. There is a DE and I team and I respect them gratefully and I get to collaborate with them a lot because of what I'm about to tell you. Um, but DE and I is not my day job. Uh, it is it is a passion of mine, and it is something that even before KPMG, when I was at the American Cancer Society, I tried to weave into our work, whether it was talking about health equity or uh, being a part of the Pride Business Resource Group at the American Cancer Society, uh, or you know launching a DEI committee as a part of our associate board, which you probably remember we did um, yep. at the, the during the the racial reckoning of 2020, um, and still exists to this day, which I'm super super proud to have been a part of. Um, but DEI has always been interesting to me because it is critical. It is crucial work that every company, every type of role needs to consider in their function and for their longevity in order to provide more inclusive workspaces for all people. So I just want to preface by saying all of that. <laughs> so at KPMG, I am on a national team, right? And I am actually the only one on my team based in Chicago. And because of that, when I started, I just thought to myself, I was like, I'm too extroverted to sit at home <laughs> behind a computer all day. Like, yes, you're on calls. Yes, you're getting to talk to people. But I live in a city where we have the second biggest office for KPMG in the country, about 3,000 people here in Chicago. I need to meet these people. I, I, I need to get back in person and build some relationships. And I was very fortunate that within a few months of me joining the firm, actually, the Chicago Pride Business Resource Group, I'm going to start calling it BRG to shorten it a little bit there. <laughs> they were looking for a new co-lead. And I raised my hand and had a few informational conversations to learn about the role, the responsibility, what that looks like. And of course, this is on top of your day job, right? This is not yep. part of my role. This is something that I just would have been doing to... Uh, get involved in the Chicago office. And I was very fortunate uh, there. The other co-lead was a long-term co-lead of this group and actually works on the national DEI team. And we hit it off right away. We had a great working relationship. We 
get I I shouldn't even talk past tense. We get along famously. We're good friends <laughs> now to this day. I, I am using the past tense because this last year, this individual had an opportunity to move into a new pride role and has done so. And so now I have some new co-leads in Chicago. All of this being said, the Pride BRG has been a fantastic way for me to get connected to different DEI initiatives at the firm, whether it's collaborating with our African Ancestry BRG for a business night at the Goodman Theater, or if it was hosting our Pride event at KPMG, where we had 80 people from 30 different companies come here an executive panel from LGBTQ leaders. Uh, you know, I, I'm a part of the Inclusion Council at KPMG Chicago. So those are representatives and leaders from all of the different BRGs that we have and getting to network with them. So there's a lot of great opportunities for intersectional collaborative work with the different DEI groups. And it just has only enhanced my work. Uh, and, and allowed me to think more creatively and collaborate more broadly with new folks across the firm and build some new relationships that I know will just be really important as I continue to grow my skills and opportunities at KPMG. Amazing. And what has been maybe your favorite part about being included in some of those initiatives? My favorite part about being included in those things is, yeah. I, oh, Becca, I, I, you know me, I, I am, I'm, I'm very extroverted and I like to just a little bit, just a, just a scotch, just a scotch. <laughs> I, I like people just a little bit. Um, and so just, it, it's just a joy to be included because you, you get invited to opportunities. You get to be a part of conversations and, you get to, you know, what, what's the old age saying? Uh, decisions are made by those who show up. And, you know, if you, if you show up and you're present and you're engaged and you continue to show that consistency, you, you, can, you start to build trust with others and you start to gain respect from others. And it just gives you the opportunity to be in a position to positively affect change and work with inspirational leaders and mentors that will only help you grow as a person and as a professional. Love it. That's amazing. And I can, I think it kind of ties back into what you were saying before about relationships and um, just being able to have those connections at work. And I feel like I probably said it before on this podcast and I'll probably say it again, but I always truly believe that you can work better with your coworkers when you know them a little bit on a personal level. Um, Absolutely. I just think yeah. it, it makes the work day oh. more enjoyable. It makes working with people more enjoyable and um, it also makes them a little bit more human. I think yeah. in, in today's world, it's, it's we, need we that. have all of the, yes, we well, have all those people. Yeah. yeah you, you, like, touch, you touch on something here that, I, you know, I actually wanted to circle back to. So you, you were asking me also, what, what do I find the most fulfilling about my work in the DNI space? And additionally to what I was talking about, it also is fulfilling because you get to learn more. You get to learn new things about different cultures and identities that you didn't know before. And so, for example, last week, uh, I actually hosted a virtual webinar uh, for International Pronouns Day that we organized. And we interviewed some trans and non-binary KPMG professionals and had them talk about their experience uh, and the impact of pronouns in the workplace. And what does that mean for them? I am a cisgendered white male, right? I, I don't have any struggles with uh, 
my pronouns. I've always identified as he, him, his, uh, and that has never been something that I have to think about on a daily basis and I take for granted. But to hear other people's perspectives and hear them talk about the significance of something as simple as a pronoun and how it can really humanize someone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, was really important to hear again. And I, important for everyone who tuned in too, I think. We got lots of positive feedback about the session, which was great. But that was one of my biggest takeaways was we just need to humanize people more and that makes us more relatable and it makes mm-hmm. just life in general more joyous, right? And that's all we want. That's what yep. any of us want. Yeah. And more joyous because of the connection, but also I think for the other person too, right? Like I, I think it's something that then makes them feel seen and heard and valued as a human that's working in your organization. I I had someone reach out afterwards. Yeah. And they even said, Chris, I appreciate that you are always trying to learn about identities in which you may not be aligned. And so to those people who are a part of a certain community, even if you may not be, it is not lost on them if you're uh, trying to learn and engage in a positive manner. And they, it, the other takeaway from the session was it's okay to ask questions. And that's part of this uh, learning experience, right? We need to be okay asking questions to get to know one another, which in turn then humanizes us and makes us more relatable. All right, friends, it's time for another My School PR story. Today, let's meet our friend Jackie Tisdale, Public Information Officer at Ascension Public Schools. Well, I started out actually in higher education. So I did communications and student affairs for the University of Louisiana system, which is a management board for nine regional state universities in Louisiana. And I was there for 12 years and I loved it. I mean, I loved everything about it. I loved everything about education. And, you know, then I had kids and um, my oldest son, when he was four years old, was diagnosed with autism and his private school refused to re-enroll him. And that brought us to our first uh, experience with the public school system. We fortunately lived in Ascension Parish that has a fantastic school system. And it was our first experience was him as a kindergartner. And I was blown away with the quality of education and with the services that they provided for him. Um, And I knew I wanted to be a part of this public school system. And I wanted people to know what public schools can do for kids and for families. And so when there was an opening at Ascension Public Schools, I applied and I was hopeful to get it. And I was happy that I did. And I've been here for, this will be my ninth year. And I, I love it. And I love that too, because I I think it is important to be also in a place where you have enough of a relationship where you feel comfortable asking questions, right? Like I'm not going to go up to someone on the street and be like, hey, what's going on over here? But if I have that relationship (laughs) built with them, then I can ask them, hey, you know, I just wanted to make sure I'm using your preferred pronouns in this case. And um, I just wanted to ask you what those were. Um, So I think that that's, you know, all back to the relationship piece again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. Can you share with us what a what's a project at work that you are engaged in that you are excited about right now? Yeah, uh, 
you know, in, in general, Becca, I'm very fortunate, right? My, my previous role being at the American Cancer Society, I've been a volunteer with them for 20 plus years. And uh, so health and wellness is an area I've always been passionate about. And so the fact that I get to work on health, health and wellness initiatives at KPMG with our community impact collaborators is really fulfilling. And there's, you know, a handful of collaborators that we work with, but the initiatives I'm working on with those collaborators uh, to advance their mission and get our people involved in those organizations is just so fulfilling. Um, and so I, I'm really excited about what the future holds in terms of some collaborations we have, you know, maybe I can share some more down the line, um, but <laughs> that we're doing to build some really exciting opportunities with those nonprofit organizations. Amazing. And one question that we do always like to ask here on this podcast, since we are, as we call ourselves, a community of communicators and we all work in the education like field that. is, um, can you share with us a teacher or an educator, could be anybody that you came across in your time in education who had an impact on your life? Becca, I mean, oh, where do I even start <laughs> with that question? So uh, I'll try to keep this pretty concise. But so my, my mom was a teacher. Uh, and um, my mom passed away when I was 11 years old from colon cancer, hence my passion uh, with the American Cancer Society and being involved with them from a young age. But obviously, my mother, it was the most impactful educator. In fact, um, she was my kinder music teacher in kindergarten. And I got my lowest grade ever in elementary school from my mother because I would not stop talking during her class. And I was so disrespectful because I thought I could get away with everything because the teacher was my mom. And oh. she uh, wasn't too pleased about that. And so she let me have it on the report card one year uh, and I deserved it. And that's, yeah, that, that was all there is to that. Now I will say outside of my mom, because I'm, I'm obviously I'm biased in that situation. Um, I uh, have a very, fantastic uh, music teacher in second grade, Denise Cotton. Um, and now I'm going to have to share this episode with her after this conversation. And Denise not only was my second grade music teacher, but then years later was my high school choir director. And she just, um, I, I was so fortunate to be my teachers weren't only my teachers, they were my friends. And I, mm -hmm. I was that kid who would stick around after school just to hang out with teachers, like in their classrooms. And they probably were like, Chris, I have a family to go home to. Like, I need you to leave. <laughs> but like, uh, I obviously always felt a closeness with teachers because of uh, my mom. And so Denise and I just, we spent so much time together when I was young and during a very impressionable and developmental age, right? In high school. And um, I remember she let me do things like start a, a choir organization and I was the president of the choir club or something. And uh, she, she pushed me vocally where I, uh, you know, senior year made it into all state choir, which is, I'm not a, I'm not a professional singer, but like she, she helped me refine those skill sets. And I just learned so much about performance and professionalism and excellence performing up to a certain standard. Um, and to this day, I mean, I was back in Nebraska a couple weeks ago and Denise and I are texting and had she not been on an international trip, you know, we, we would get together and catch up and we, we stay in touch. And so, yeah, you know, people like Denise, I, I have many other teachers I could reference, but, uh, if you're going to make me pick one, Denise Cotton is the first one that comes <laughs> to mind. And 
should probably listen to this and uh, be traumatized because <laughs> of all the, the difficulties I put her through in high school. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a follow-up question because I'm curious as to how parent-teacher conferences went with your oh. mom being your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, parent-teacher conferences, every day was a parent-teacher conference, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Becca, my mom would come home from school, and I would have been home or something. As, and we're talking like young, elementary age, right? Mm -hmm. And before she could get inside the house, she would pull into the garage. I would hear the garage open. I would run to the garage. And before she could even get inside, I would tell her every bad thing I did at school that day. Everything, every bad word I said, every violence that I committed. I didn't know. Uh, um, all that being said, all the, the, the terrible things I did. And she was she was just exhausted. She was just like, son, I, I don't have time for this. I like, yeah, I don't need to know every bad thing you did. Um, so I don't really know if parent-teacher conferences were necessary with my mom, right? Because she knew every bad thing I did, and she was she was uh, correcting it in the moment. She wasn't waiting for those quarterly touch bases. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's almost like I feel like there was probably a sense of, like, I got to tell her because she knows the other teachers, and they're probably going to tell her, and I would rather her know from me before <laughs> yeah, that's what I could have been I don't know I wasn't even raised Catholic but I have an insane sense of guilt uh so you know I I just think I always felt like I needed to get it off my chest yeah. otherwise it was going to eat away at me so I should probably talk to my therapist about that at some point but you know <laughs> I mean always helpful to work through those things yeah. right yeah exactly oh man um that is too too funny and i love that you know you're able to use your mom as an example and um and the impact that she had on you both in your life as her as her son but also as as an educator i think that's so awesome yeah. that you're able to have that um experience with her and being your teacher yeah. as well I, I i i will just say on that note really quick like even though I may work in corporate America now for a big four company doing community impact work, I would not be in this role if it wasn't for her, right? You look back at the course of your life and what, what, what plus what made what, and my mm -hmm. mom passing away as, as horrible as that sounds and was as a child to experience, like had my mom passed away, I wouldn't have got involved with the American Cancer Society. Had I not gotten involved with the American Cancer Society, I probably wouldn't have explored working in the nonprofit industry. Had I not, specifically with ACS, uh, had I not worked at ACS, I wouldn't have learned about what corporate social responsibility was. And, you know, just this whole domino effect, I, I never lose sight of what her legacy has meant to me and how even though she hasn't been with me for 20 years, like I think of her every day, she drives the work that I do. And I think that's another reason why I get so much fulfillment out of the work that I do is because I'm driven by this legacy of love. And I'm, mm -hmm. I've connected my work to my passion and my love for her. Um, and again, that's probably a topic I should talk about my, to, with my therapist, but you know, uh, all that being said, I like to think that it has brought more joy to my career and, and mm -hmm. helped me focus on professional endeavors from a place of love. Yeah. I love that. And to be able to, you know, as you said, use it as kind of sharing her legacy and, and, um, 
and being able to work through that and find your passion, um, I think is beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I, I guess, I, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I guess <laughs> I encourage people listening to like, I, I sure not everyone's had their mom died when they're young and I hope they haven't. Um, but think about your patients, think about, uh, who, who inspires you and think of how your relationships can elevate your career and your professional mm-hmm. endeavors, because, you know, who knows, maybe thinking about your career opportunities from that perspective might bring you a lot more joy. Like we were talking about earlier, which is something we're all in search of. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, one thing I also want to just put out there since the two of us are on a call and the American Cancer Society is what brought us together. I would just like to take a moment to encourage everybody to go and see your doctor and get screened and any of the different screenings that you can do at whatever age you are. Um, I would just encourage everybody to take a moment and focus on their own health and, um, see their doctor and make sure they're healthy so that they can go out there and, um, keep doing what they're doing and find their passions and their joy. Becca, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, screening saves lives. And I, I hope everyone listening takes a minute at the end of this to think about what screenings and health appointments they need to schedule for themselves. And yeah, that's, that's a great message to end with here. Awesome. Well, Chris Way, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure of mine to be able to talk to you. And so to be able to share you also with all my school PR friends is um, just double the amount of joy. Whether it's an ABOA meeting, (laughs) a virtual podcast recording, or a drag brunch outing, I am always having (laughs) a great time with you. And I just thank you so much for inviting me to, to speak with you and share a little bit, you know, about me. And I look forward to hearing future episodes of this podcast and thank you for all the work you're doing to help inspire other professionals and share the message about so many different career opportunities. I think it's really great what you're doing and I look forward to supporting this podcast moving forward. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. It was so great to have you on and I can't wait for everybody to be able to learn from you. Awesome. Thanks, Becca. Thank you. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Thanks again to Chris for joining us. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and the conversation that we had. Just a reminder that we are still doing school PR story. So if you want to share your story with us, slide into our DMs on Twitter. I'm refusing to call it X. So that's just what we're going with. And uh, tell us why you would like to share your story with us and with our audience. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed it. And we will catch you again next time. Now let's go out there and be a little better at our jobs every day.